from the frozen ranges of Cold Regions Test Center. This is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. Wherever they serve, Yuma Proving Ground test officers work to ensure that the equipment soldiers depend on works as it's supposed to. Cold Regions Test Center test officer Isaac Howell is a former Army infantry officer who knows how important good testing is for soldiers. How does your experience in uniform in the Army influence you as a test officer? Um, well, I mean, obviously it gives you a unique perspective. I mean, especially when you balance, you know, the technical education along with the operational experience. Um, especially being a, a infantry officer who trained and operated uh, locally at Fort Wainwright, you know, so I was technically an Arctic soldier, but I also deployed uh, to theater in Iraq. So you have the combat experience there as well, but um, it just gives you a, a full I should say a complete understanding of what a soldier does from A to Z, you know, and gives you an opportunity to walk a mile in the soldier's shoes and that helps you when you actually make uh, plans for your testing, when you're looking at equipment, evaluating, um, test design, you know, the, the whole spectrum of what we do as developmental testers. And when you have soldiers participating in your tests, by and large, you're out there with them in the extreme environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I often pitch CRTC, um, and, and this is, I think, something that's somewhat unique to CRTC, at least from what I've observed. Um, we're a small test center, very lean in our organization, and so the test officer is often called on to do um, more tasks you know, than some of the other larger test centers where they have more staff to, to support their operations. But no, with our conditions, our environment, um, it's very important that we have somebody who's well-versed in cold weather operations, uh, who's, who knows the environment, who knows uh, what to look for, warning signs, uh, cold weather injuries, et cetera. Um, so yes, I walk every step, you know, whether we're going up uh, Donnelly Dome, which is, uh, you know, probably 1,800 feet in elevation gain, or whether we're doing a 8, 12, you know, however far the the foot movement is that we're doing uh, I walk every step with them and that's primarily too because you know a lot of these efforts they will have a soldier execute a task and then they collect the data after the fact there's a lot of advantage and benefit to actually walking with the soldiers during that time frame you know and during that time I mean if you're not out there as a test officer actually monitoring the soldiers looking at their facial expressions just seeing how they're functioning in general you know, there's a lot of good comments and a lot of good data that you could potentially miss. So, um, you know, and as, as a caveat to that, just coming from my uh, infantry days, you know, platoon leader, you're expected to lead from the front. And uh, to me, I like to think it's motivating for the soldiers that we have when they see a guy twice their age out there, you know, walking and walking with them, you know, bearing the burden with them. So it's not like we're saying, hey, you go do this and I'm going to follow you in a sus V or on a snow machine. Uh, you know, I'm going to walk you know, every step with you and oftentimes even break trail for you. Some years ago you did a, a test of body armor and you developed some new test methodologies that influenced human factors testing, engineering. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say that I developed them. What I did was I took current resources that were out there in industry already that were being utilized by um, 
you know, uh, professional sports organizations. Um, and, and what it did was it took a very simple test and it just, it took um, an individual, you know, for these, for their purposes, an athlete, through the full range of human motion, you know, to see uh, degrees of motion for, for joints, for functional movement. And so I thought that would be a great application in body armor to characterize, hey, this is the soldier's range of motion or basic functional level, you know, in PTs, which would be considered the baseline and work that all the way up through the different tiers of body armor. Because as you add tiers, you know, you add complexity, you add more material, you add um, a, a lot of factors that will decrease the range of motion. You know, it did uh, uh, got a couple of surprising results, you know, because really everybody's physiology is different, you know. So uh, you had soldiers that almost performed just as well in tier four, which is the highest level of body armor as they did in PT. So, you know, and that actually gives you another perspective or another avenue to to investigate because it's like okay what makes this soldier different than this other soldier who just has severe you know range of motion limitations okay is that something we can fix is it something that's and of course again this is outside of the spectrum of what we do here at CRTC but that's the kind of data that uh, I wanted to push back to the PM and just say hey look you know we can start looking at soldier testing in general differently and start assessing it based on those that kind of criteria. You've been here, what, about 15 years now? Uh, 12 and a half, 12 and a half years. Do you expect you'll stay? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I enjoy the job. Uh, I love working with soldiers. I love the balance between uh, it scratching my technical itch and, and being able to get out in the environment. But most of all, I love Alaska. You know, it's a great place to raise a family. Um, and frankly, if uh, the government fired me, I would go find a job somewhere here locally and, uh, you know, just continue to live here. I mean, I love the mountains. You know, I, I I recreate outside. I don't just like testing outside. I, that's pretty much all I do on my free time is recreate outside, whether it's climbing mountains, floating rivers, uh, kayaking, canoeing, rafting, um, hunting, fishing, you name it. Uh, no, I, I love it here. And I do like CRTC. It's a great organization. I, I believe in the mission. Um, it's just a good place to work. So. Icicle is great talking to you. I appreciate it. Some say that if there's no photo, it didn't happen. If that's the case, Cold Regions Test Center photographer Sebastian Sarlus makes sure that intense winter testing of military equipment is known to all who see his photos. We talked to him about his passion for photography and serving his community. Sebastian, how did you first get interested in photography? I guess probably it was 1992, 93-ish, 7th grade. Um, I got a, my picture taken with an Apple uh, Quick Take, I think 100, digital camera, um, grayscale only, um, less than one megapixel camera. And I got my picture taken, and then it, they were able to put it up onto the screen um, on a little Macintosh computer. And, uh, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. You know, like, hey, you took my picture, this camera sort of thing, I guess, at the time, and now it's on the screen. And it uh, took about, like, five minutes to download it. But, uh, and then ever since then, I was interested in digital photography slash digital images. Um, and through high school, as the 
technology progressed, it was able to use some early on digital cameras and then early ver versions of Photoshop and stuff, um, learning how to make images. And then my senior year in high school, I used Photoshop a lot to, to help build uh, web pages for the, the first cyber school ever in the United States that had online curriculum for high schools. Um, some colleges had it at the time in 1998, but uh, we were the first high school that had online curriculum. And so I helped build those web pages using Photoshop. And then as I further on, just always bought, you know, smaller, small, you know, small cameras, consumer level cameras, and then uh, photography here and there. And then I guess in, in 20, I think it was, or 2009, I got my first digital SLR camera as a gift and got into a little bit more. And then in 2011, when I, I quit drinking, and, uh, and consuming alcohol, I, I used that as a healthy hobby that I really sank my teeth into um, to, and kind of keep me out of trouble. I would, instead of going out, I would go out and take photos instead. And that was in uh, 2011. Now your photos of the auroras and so on, worldwide acclaim. They've been printed in calendars overseas. Your photography page has what, 50, 60,000 followers? 50,000 followers, yeah, on, on uh, Facebook there. and. Yeah, published by National Geographic and Wall Street Journal, NASA, um, among lots of other smaller publications, of course. But uh, and to get those photos, it takes a lot of commitment. Yes, back back when you know, I think I I slowed down taking the the Aurora photos in 2016, 2017. Um, just uh, more bigger of a load here at CRTC, and then also my family's grown quite a bit, so. Um, they're a higher priority than Aurora Photos, and Aurora Photos will be there in the future. Um, the opportunities I have with my family aren't. How did you get the job at Cold Regions Test Center? Todd Zocco was the track's lead at the time, and uh, he, was, he needed to recruit a photographer. Um, he knew that I was into photography. I was also doing land surveying with my dad, which I still do. Um, but he came in my survey office and said, hey, I think I got a good winter job for you. Would you come on to CRTC as a photographer? You know, and then I applied and I was able to get the job, and and I was completely way in over my head, and but I figured things out and uh, with some big tests that first season, and uh, and been here since, and that was in October 2015, and so I worked that winter, and then uh, my supervisor asked me to stay on tracks for a couple more years, and then I uh, moved over to federal. Now you're a Delta Junction native, and you're very active in the community. Among other things, you're a former city councilman here in Delta Junction. Yep, yeah, so I had a couple terms with the city council. I was also on a board of directors for municipality organization that were throughout the whole state. Um, yeah, no, it's a good way to, to serve the community and help make a difference. I do plan to get back into it at some point. Again, it's along with Aurora Photography, lower on the priority scale at this point, and uh, I did move outside the city limits. You're staying here with your family, so evidently you think Delta Junction is a good place to raise a family. I think it's the best place, except especially for me and my family. My parents live here, my wife's parents live here, all my wife's siblings live here. One of my siblings lives here, my other lives in Anchorage. Um, so grandparents, cousins, nephews, um, nieces, all, all are here, and uh, it's a safe place. I'm blessed with a, a, a great, great job.
I'm doing something I love here at CRTC. And then on my days off, I work with my 83-year-old dad, uh, do land surveying. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I've been very blessed, very fortunate to, to live here and make a living doing things I love with people I love. Sebastian, thanks so much for talking with us today. My pleasure, Mark, anytime. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.